Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. The title of the sermon is The Equipping of the Saints for the Work of the Ministry, Part 2. We left off in verse 12 last time we, we talked, and so this time we'll be picking it up from verse 13 through 16 as we finish the second half of the study. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. Maybe it's you're an H-E-B and the neighbor hits you with their cart. And they're not your neighbor. They just, guess what? Everybody's your neighbor. This is why, I, man, I do not believe in racial division at all. It goes against God's word. Because God tells you to love your neighbor as yourself. And who's your neighbor? Everybody. You don't get, you don't get to pass that off. Why? I can't love that person. Everybody's made in the image of God. We need to remember that. And so you take one of those truths and you apply it in your life, and it'll change your life. So you go, to, go and pray every day. You read or listen to the Word every day. You obey and apply the Word of God in your life. And then W, you witness to others. Oh, I can't do that. Well, guess what? You were commanded to do that by Jesus. Every one of us was given that command. To share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, we can't get out of that. You invite somebody to the church. You sit down and talk to them about Jesus. It's awkward. Do you realize this is the problem with this world today? Is we're not willing to get out and share our faith. We're worried about what people think. Or how we're going to be viewed online. How's that going to affect my image on Instagram or on TikTok or whatever? Am I going to get attacked? Guess what? You're going to get attacked. And you just keep doing what you're doing. You step out in faith and share the gospel. You witness to others. Why do we do that? Why do I tell you that you need to witness to others? Because it reminds you of where God has brought you. I can remember the house, the room, and exactly where I was at when Jesus saved me. And so when I share that story, I, it brings me right back to, man, God, I didn't even love me. And God loved me. God loved me. And he saved me. And so when we witness to others, it's a reminder of how much Christ does and continues to do in your life. And he's using that story for his glory. 
Remember that. And then T is uh, trusting God with your time, talent, treasure, and your temple. That means you're actually, this goes back to what we were talking about, having Christ at the center. Christ is at the center of your time. Like I have people that are out right now, they're doing a family thing. I, you know, and you go, wait, it's Sunday. No, they need to invest in their family too. It's okay. Guess what? We'll be here next Sunday. It's all right. Where's the mercy at? Where's the grace? Do you have your, your is your time Christ-centered? Are you spending time with your wife? Are you making time for your kids? They're not a ministry. Okay? Men, they're not a ministry. They're a representation of the church. Your wife is a representation of the church. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. And those are your kids. Those are his kids. They're his, his kids. And so do we, with our time, our talent, our treasure, and our temple, and, and, and that's just real simple. Like, does, is Christ involved in every part of my life? And then last is the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so you have go to the Lord in prayer. Read or listen to the Bible daily. O is obedience and application uh, to the Word of God. Uh, w is witness to others. T is to trust in the Lord with your time, talent, treasure. Christ should be the center of your life. And then H is the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to live this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it. You will wear yourself out, and you'll, you'll keep falling flat on your face if you're not connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you do that? Well, number one and number two, growth, go to the Lord in prayer. <laughs> Read the Bible, too. Number three is pretty important, too, right? Obey it. Actually put in an application. If you do those three, you're going to be connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to know where, what His will is for your life. So many Christians will say, I don't know what the will is, what His will is in my life. Are you in the Word? No. Are you praying? Like, how do you, how do you expect to hear God's voice? It's through His Word. It's through His Word. And the Word became what? Flesh. And Christ is the Word. The third part there. So that's, that's what we look at as we talk about maturing. The growth acronym. It helped me out. And if you go, man, I like to have that. It's on the website. Okay? Under, under our vision. That's one of the things I put down in there. So it's at the very bottom. Number three is the measure of the, the, the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so what he's talking about here is that the portion has been allotted to you to, to have that fullness of Christ, that if we walk consistently in him and we're walking and being conformed in his image, it's like you're going to be filled with hope and joy. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may, ab that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that because he's talking about in your 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 completeness or your fullness you're going to be filled with hope do you have hope today 
Do you know what the second leading cause of death for, for teenagers is? The kids under the age of 20? Suicide. Suicide. They have no hope. This generation has no hope. Do you have hope as a Christian? Are you filled with joy? You know what? I realized I've become more like my father when I get sick. I got to work on it. I get, I get, man, I get cranky. I'm being honest with y'all. I told y'all my feet are made of clay, and I'll be straight up with y'all because I'm not going to try to be something I ain't. Okay? I got cranky this week. And I realized, I realized, like, it, within that, that God still has a lot of work in me. And I go, man, did I have that joy this week? I was, I, I was complaining. I was sick. It's so easy to have your joy just, right? But you have Christ. You have Christ. You need to remind yourself of that. I had to remind myself of that. And I had to ask God for forgiveness. Hey, because if, if I'm not happy and I'm not content, that ain't on him. <laughs> That's on me. Right? In 14, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So, <clears throat> this is a big question here. Are you constantly being taken to and fro with the world right now? And the things that are going on. Have you been trapped into false teachings? And you go, man, he's talking about the church here. I'm going to be straight up with y'all. Okay? We talked about Gaiaism last week, which is a false god. It's a Greek god. That's where we get the word mother nature. Remember in the 70s, they used to have those commercials, don't fool with Mother Nature. It's based off a Greek God. And so when they talk about creation, they put creation over the Creator. That's what the Greek God was. And so that false teaching has now entered into the church. Because you have churches that are supporting the UN 2030 bills. Your schools in San Antonio are already doing it. They have the posters up in the, in the hallway. And that's all part of the one world order. See how quick it happens? Where's the church at? And so what they did is they took Gaiism, right? They took Gaiism and they interwove it within the LGBTQ community now. So now to be part of the LGBT community and to support Pride Month is support Gaiism. And you have churches that are actually supporting Pride Month now. You have churches that are actually holding drag queen shows. You have gay pastors and transgender pastors that have happened. And so has the church been taken away by false teachings? Yeah, many have. Many were taken away, again, because of COVID. 
we're starting to find out a lot of that stuff. The vaccines and, and things that are going on, we're seeing that a lot of that stuff was, was misrepresented. It was rushed out. That our government didn't have our best interest. Oh, isn't that funny? You're, t you're talking to somebody. I, I never, like I, my wife can, can back me up on this, I never trusted it from the very get-go. And it wasn't because I'm a conspiracy theory. I'm not. I have been poisoned by the government during the Gulf War. And they lied to us. And I had talked to vets that were poisoned during the Vietnam War. And so, yes, I know what our government can do. I was part of it. And so when I was, all this stuff was going on, I was like, oh, don't trust it. Don't trust it. If you read the Word of God, you would see that all of those things are not, it's not that the one world order is like next week, but it's leading to end times. It's leading to end times. And the church has fallen for a lot of false teachings. And there are people in churches, matter of fact, we were just listening to the Christian worldview coming in, and there's a new documentary come, uh, coming out called Essential Church. And it was how they closed the churches down and started arresting pastors for having church during COVID. And Andy Stanley, who is Charles Stanley's son, who has a 30,000-person church, closed his church for a year. And he said, church is not essential. And I was like, was Charles still, like, Charles should have grabbed him by the ear and said, come on, we need to go talk in the room, dude. You've lost your mind. Because I can tell you what, my dad, my dad's 70-something years old. My dad can come in this, house, in this door right now and say, Mike, outside. I'll... <laughs> but the reality of it is, it's like we're seeing this toss to and fro. And I want to make sure that y'all understand, like, test it to the Word of God. Okay? I'm not saying that on either side. Look, I can tell you, you can find corrupt politicians, whether it's Republican or Democrat. Okay? If we could have a Congress and a Senate and a president that would actually do what's best for America, praise God. Right? For all Americans. And we can find division in that. But that's not what we're here for. We're here to make sure that the gospel stays the center. We're here to make sure that the gospel goes out. Regardless of what happens in the world, the church is essential. The church is foundational. But I'm here to make sure that you don't get tossed to and fro with false teachings. And so that's why I bring this stuff up. It's not to try to get you to pull one side or the other. It's so you understand that there are things in the works that are pulling Christians away. And that's why you have the term progressive Christianity now. It's because they believe in Gaiism. They believe in supporting you be who you are. Okay? But that goes against the Word of God. They believe that you can, if you be who you are, you can, you can transgender. You can be gender mutilated. They believe in abortion. Does those things line up with God's Word? No. So has the church been pulled away by false teachings? Some in the church have. Amos chapter 8 verse 11 says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine on the land, 
not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Is the United States in a famine for the word of the Lord? Is the church in the United States in a famine for hearing the word of the Lord? We need to wake up. It's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may, uh, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, of, uh, the head Christ. And so with truth and love, he's talking about that, that uh, when, when you don't have truth and love, you have division and pride. When, when there's no truth and love. Now, I love 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1 says, Now concerning these things offered to idols, we know that we are, all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. We are to speak truth and love. And, and, and the idea is that we're maintaining that truth and love by speech and the way that we walk. That means the way that I'm walking and talking is truthful. That I'm actually living it out. In Colossians 4, 6, it says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. It's understanding like we, we speak uh, in truth, but also in love. And that word is, the love there is, is biblical love. It's a love that, that is sacrifice, sacrificial, expecting nothing in return. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, y'all use this, many of you, for your marriage. Love is, suffers long and is kind. Love's, love's, love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. I would love to talk to, to all of the um, brides and husbands right after, about six months after. Are they living that verse out? Because they use that for the wedding all the time, right? Like, it's, it's, it's understanding. Like, when we're dealing with things within the church, there has to be truth and there has to be love. Now, what people want is they just want what? Love. I can't change who I am. You have to love me. No, I don't. What you're doing is a sin. <laughs> I love you enough to tell you that. And you go, well, Jesus never did that. Uh, Jesus called uh, the, the Pharisees hypocrites, blind guides, fools, whitewashed tombs. What did he tell his disciples? You men of little faith. Right? Get behind me, Satan, he told Peter. Do you not think there was truth in what, what Jesus was saying? Now, this doesn't mean that you go around and you just start dropping truth bombs everywhere you go. Walking and talking truth and love. If you ain't walking and talking it, don't open your mouth. Okay? You have to be walking and talking it. it it's, remember that. But understand, like, if somebody's doing something that, that hurts the body of Christ, that hurts the unity of the faith, we need to pull them aside quietly and let them know, hey, that's not, that's not how we do that. I love you enough to tell you that. And I, I'll gladly listen to what you need to tell me. Because Lord knows plenty of people told me stuff. And I would tell you, within every criticism, there's a little bit of truth. 
And so there's always something for you to learn. Are you willing to learn it? Because that takes humility. They grow up in all things into the, him who is the head of Christ. And so, again, he's saying that, look, you were, you were a child. You're no longer a child. You're supposed to be maturing. Like I can remember as a child, I wanted to be just like my dad. And my dad was an alcoholic. I'm talking about the innocence of five years old when you just want to copy dad. Now, who did you want to be when you were young at five and six years old? My grandson pulled out my army uniform, and the next thing you know, he's like, I'm going to join the army, wearing the uniform around the house. And he goes, I want an army cake for my birthday. They copy everything we do, but are you copying to be just like Christ? Who do you want to be like when you grow up in, in the faith? Like Jesus. How's that going? Are you that rebellious teenager that you were with your parents? Like, I ain't listening to you. I know you. I know everything. I got it figured out. Lord, you stay over there in the corner, and I, I, I got this. You ain't singing Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel, because you got to hold the wheel. You're not giving it up. No, Jesus, you, I got this. The reality of it is, is like we should be more like Christ. We should be growing, and, and that should be who we should be seeking to be like. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, Now by this we know him, know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who, know, who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So one of the first things you have to do is to be like him is to abide in him. And then our last verse here, and we'll close up in verse 16, From whom the whole body, so Christ the head, and without the head, the church is what? dead he's the whole thing I, I know you think you're, you're, you're all that in a bag of chips or how we used to say it back in the day but no he is the head he is the center he is the reason you serve the reason you attend the reason you worship from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And there's that word edifying again. That word edifying means to build up. But what is it building up to? Love. Love. That means anybody who comes to those doors should feel loved. Welcomed. Loved. Always. Knitted together. That means you're, you're being fitted together, together. And, and as Christ is the head, and he's putting each piece where he needs to put it. That's why, you know, we, we talk about a worship leader. God will provide it. Are you praying for it? Right? Are we on our knees actually praying for it? We need to be praying for it. But I love it. It says, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Again, how did every part do its share if you were sitting at home on the couch during COVID? This is just questions to, to mull over. Because I, I told my wife, I remember when all this stuff happened, I was like, I got to go to church. 
I need, I gotta be at church. And so that I was like, whatever y'all need, I'll just be there. I was, I was like, I'm just serving. Wherever you need me. Because I needed to be at church. Those gifts can't be exercised at my couch. Now I know that there are going to be times when you can't make it to church or sick or something's happened, somebody's in the hospital or whatever. And that, that's what this is for. That's what those things are for. They're not so you just, oh, I'm watching church from home. No. It's so according to the effect of working by which every part does its share. If, if God has used you, you know, as, as the big toe and you ain't here, we ain't walking really good, are we? We're kind of struggling. That's the reality of it. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, But now God has sent the members, each one of them, and the body just as he pleased. So God ordains it. Jesus is the one who assigns it. And again, it's for that building up, the edifying, the edifying of itself in love. And it brings glory to God. It brings, brings glory to God. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 